come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I am your poltergeist, Kinsey. I'm your poltergeist, Donna. I'm your poltergeist, Adrian. And poltergeist, Debbie, she said something about going to check an investment at Aquatica, something. I don't know. It was it was weird. She's real excited about it, though. So Good for her. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's been nice knowing, Debs. So this week, we watched the, I'm not even going to say classic. I'm not even going to say cult classic. We watched deep blue sea <laughs> yep yeah that's the thing we did we did that thing we uh we kind of kept with uh our our shark theme and yeah let's go around did you like it did you not donna since you suggested it i'm going to start with you wait did i suggest this movie yes you did donna all right, I resign. I resign uh, <laughs> in, in disgrace. I resign in disgrace from the podcast. I'll go ahead and finish this out so I don't leave you guys in the lurch, but I cannot in good conscience continue. I legitimately thought this was my fault. I thought I'd made a joke about doing Shark Week and had, and had damned myself. We did talk about, since this is kind of a Shark Week theme, we did have that. And I, I mean, I threw out Jaws and then Donna was like, we need to do Deep Blue Sea. And I was like, okay, we can do, you know, Deep Blue Sea. I don't have a problem with it. I okay, thought I, you were my friend, Donna. <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry. Um, listen, I feel personally betrayed by this movie because I have really wanted to see it since, was was this 1999? Uh-huh. I have really wanted to see this movie since 1999. And every time it's been like, oh, we're going to go go see it in the theaters. I don't know, maybe somebody got sick or whatever. And then, oh, we're going to rent it. Oh, here's this other thing. So for like 20 years I have really wanted to see this movie and something, now I understand it as a kind and loving universe, has always interfered with my plans to watch this movie. So last night, I'm so excited. I'm going to watch Deep Blue Sea and oh my God, (laughs) I am deeply and personally betrayed by this movie. Donna, I thought this was something you had seen and you were like, you know what? I know what it is. Let's just watch it. I thought you knew. And I... I did not know. I was going to say, because you neglected to tell us you had not seen Deep Blue Sea. So, yeah. (laughs) So, did you like it? Did you not like it, Donna? Oh, my God. This movie is awful. (laughs) This movie's really bad. Um, Kinsey, what about you? As the Uh, victim of my uh, negligence. You know, I I remember... Negligence. I remember see I I remember this film I knew going into what we were getting into. You know, it was hot yesterday and it was Saturday afternoon when I watched it. So I watched it during the hot part of the day and it's okay. Yeah, it's it's you know y- you know what you get when you watch it and and if you don't, now you do. Adrian, did you have any opinions about this movie at all? My dudes, I <laughs> hate this movie i am legitimately angry at this movie fucking oh my god firefly only has one season doom patrol has not been confirmed for a third season the magicians got canceled there are three fucking deep blue sea movies 
this is not a kind and just world. This movie proves there is no fucking God that the movie wants to talk about all of the fucking time. I, oh, the depths of my hatred for this movie. I was two minutes in and I was already fucking done. Okay, so here's here's the thing. I wanted to go to bed at approximately the same time Adrian started watching this movie. And then Adrian started live streaming her reaction to this movie. And um, I did not go to bed until Adrian was done watching the movie because the uh, live stream was so entertaining. <laughs> I'm so oh, angry. My God, was the live stream fantastic. It is like flames from my head angry at the existence of this movie like to be clear i have fucking seen all of the human centipede movies i watched fucking like nazi zombie island where the zombies were nazis and had blue paint that rubbed off on other actors i never watched this movie and that should fucking tell you something i watch a lot of bullshit so what you're saying is, you're not opposed to bullshit, just this one gotcha. <laughs> I am not opposed to bullshit at all. Like, I watched the Nazi, I can't even remember the name of this movie, the Nazi Zombie Island movie. I watched it and I was like, wow, that was some hot fucking garbage I just put into my brain. But you know what? Now I have something to talk about with people because I watched this movie and it was incredible in its terribleness. This movie, though... Oh my, like it thought it was a serious thing. Like I found a quote from the director or from the, the writer or director. He fucking says Harlan's main goal was to bring the horror genre back to the serious and high budget production values of films like the exorcist jaws, the shining, as opposed to the tongue in cheek style of subsequent films in the genre. Don't even like the shining and i will tell you that the shining is worlds and leagues away you know that emoji with just the straight line for the mouth that's my face when i read this quote what the fuck kind of delusional fucking person are you that you think this film is even for a goddamn moment anywhere near the exorcist jaws or the shining all three films that i acknowledge as being huge like behemoths in the horror genre but I don't like any of them. And somehow I like this less. <laughs> okay, I think we need to just let everyone know the director of this is Rennie Harlan, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Mr. Gina Davis. That's his new, you know, because he was married to her, so that gets to be his new... Uh, you know what, guys? Get women out of their league all the time. Yeah. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you some of his films that he's done. I'm starting with this one because it makes me laugh. Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. <laughs> Die Hard 2, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, Cliffhanger. Oh my fucking God. Cutthroat Island. Which is really bad. And The Long Kiss Goodnight. Which is really, really good. Yeah, Long Kiss Goodnight is fantastic. But yeah, that is just, now he's just done a bunch of TV. It's because he did this movie. It's because he did this fucking movie. He did it and then people were like, oh, he can't be trusted. He is a mixed fucking bag. This is like hiring fucking... 2d6s to make your movie adrian with your permission can i screenshot your live rant <laughs> yes. from last night and post it on facebook yes okay <laughs> so uh just for those who don't know what this is about the our good good buddies at imdb they they got us 
You know what? Because what this was was a spec script for a new Jurassic Park, and the Jurassic Park people were like, no, nah, man, no. <laughs> and so then they said, instead of velociraptors and T-Rexes, let's just do sharks. So That's what this movie was. Side note, since you mentioned that, I was yesterday years old when I realized this was a Jurassic Park ripoff. I've seen this a couple times. This wasn't like my first watch. <laughs> I was like, this is kind of a lot like Jurassic Park, but underwater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So IMDb says, searching for a cure for Alzheimer's disease, a group of scientists on an isolated research facility become the prey as a trio of intelligent sharks fight back. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever, IMDb. All right, well, let's uh, let's get into it, though. We have uh, kind of already got it started. <laughs> Can we talk about all the swinging dicks? There were so many swinging dicks, so many dick-measuring con. I mean, everyone, every dude that met another dude had to do the chest bump thing and and be like, I am tougher than you. Rah! Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, oh my God, even, you know, ugh, it was awful. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Okay, but see, you've already jumped farther forward than I want to be. Okay. Because I really want to take some time and, uh, I would like to visit Donna's Science Corner for the first time today. Yes. Um, can you tell me about the differences between fucking wine and blood? Um, well, you know, they're <laughs> virtually indistinguishable because they're both red. Oh, Okay. So, you know, that's, that's what, you, you know, ask any five-year-old red is a flavor. Okay. Okay. So, so when they spill the red wine into the, into the sea, it obviously makes sense that the shark would bust out of its thing and, and go all the way to this, this place to, to lap up the sweet, sweet wine. Oh, absolutely. Because it was like, there's something red in the water. I have to go. Uh, no, no, no. That was <laughs> stupid. That was so, so stupid because you know what? It may have looked like blood and I'm not convinced it would, by the way, I don't think if you spilled wine in the water, it would look the same way as if you spilled blood in the water because they're very different substances, mm-hmm. but they definitely do not smell the same. And that's what sharks are reacting to is the smell. Stop me if I'm wrong, but sharks are, in fact, colorblinds. I don't know, but I suspect they are because they spend so much time down where light's not fully penetrating that they would need more um, rods. They would need more rods in their eyes so that they uh, could pick up more light. So in that scene when they throw the fire extinguisher to distract the shark, that's probably a, a, a no-go. <laughs> a movie um, myth? The, yeah. the 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 fire extinguisher spinning around that absolutely would retri- would, would would attract a shark. I'm not convinced, and I want to I want to clarify. I don't know for sure. I'm just making an educated guess that um, sharks don't see color. I actually did Google it. Sharks don't see color. <laughs> okay, excellent. I just want to point out in this topsy turvy world that we're in right now that Adrian and I had the exact same note because I also on my first note talk about red wine for blood. So yeah, I, I wanted- didn't write that down. Cause it was so dumb. It was so dumb. It was like, I'm not gonna. If I acknowledge 
that, then it becomes something that's in my brain. And I just, I don't want that in my brain. So I, I didn't write it down, but yeah. now we've talked about it. So thanks guys. Oh, you're welcome. That was, that was immediately when I was like, what the fuck? What, the, what am I watching? Why is this happening? But fortunately there was an ex-con with a harpoon gun nearby. Ex-con with a heart of gold that made a mistake, Donna. You need to get that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Did just, you kill just that shark? Yeah. Okay, because I legitimately, like, I got so distracted by the sudden helicopter and then all of the deep, heavy, like, corporate drama talking about this Alzheimer's cure that I legitimately forgot everything <laughs> that happened after the red wine spilled into the ocean and was just totally fucking floored by the sudden tonal shift of the movie. Oh, for sure. I, I just, like, I, my, my notes go, red wine equals blood. What the fuck am I watching? Alzheimer's? I have forgotten all of the exposition. I just like, like with this film that everyone that you're supposed to care about has some tragic backstory. Like, everyone does. And they don't even, you know, and they beat you over the head with it. Like, there, there's no no subtlety this movie wants me to care about these characters so much more than i fucking can (laughs) like and i actually like i kept sort of in my head comparing it to event horizon thank you because it's a ship right like like, like, granted event horizon is space and this is the ocean but fundamentally thematically very similar things here you're stuck you can't leave the outside will just kill you and so like I kept seeing the the analogs here, like you know the the main doctor chick, she's obviously Doctor Weir, and uh, the doctor lady with short hair, and who's blonde, that's obviously Mama Bear. Uh, her husband is Baby Bear. Um, you know the Justin, that's his name. Like like you've got all of these analogs, and it's somehow so much fucking worse. Like I gave a dick about these characters in Event Horizon with so much less information. And in this movie, they're giving me so much. And I'm like, shut up. I don't want to know this. I don't need to know this. I just need this whole experience to be over. So we've got the sharks hunting in packs. I can buy that. I can buy that. I absolutely can buy that. Okay. Sharks hunting in packs. Um, What I'm not convinced I can buy is the shark pretending to be asleep so well that it allowed a needle going into its brain. I'm not convinced that any shark, no matter how smart, could be like, yeah, I'm asleep. Okay, so I'm probably giving this movie way more credit than it deserves. Basically, zero credit, Kinsey. No, that's what it I said. It deserves zero credit. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I, Because uh, I didn't think it was pretending as so much that it just did not last as long. That's what I, you know, that's what I took with it. Um, with this movie, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. That was, you know, that was my my little headcanon. So, Adrian, it's funny you mentioned Event Horizon because I also have an Event Horizon note. This is now we are two for two. That I think whoever designed uh, the Aquatica tunnels also designed the outside tunnels for Event Horizon or the inside tunnels for Event Horizon because because they're bad. Yeah, they're not good. But that's they're what not I could. When he's like, that's the only stairwell up. And I'm like, what? Really? Why? Who made that? Why? That doesn't make any sense. Like structurally, fundamentally, you are literally in an ocean. 
You are under the water. Why is there only one way out and the other way automatically shuts down? That is fucking bonkers, my dude. That is complete bananas. I want to go back to the scene with the shark and the big needle. By the way, I did completely fail my dear, dear friend, Adrian, with the lack of warning about the needles. There are so many needles in this shark movie. What the fuck? But I want to tell you, we're we're going back to the science corner real quick. There actually was no need to blow up the shark at the end. Oh, spoilers. Oh, we're way into spoiler territory. There was no need to blow up the shark at the end because Dr. Skinny took a non-sterile needle and put it through the non-sterile skin of the shark right into the shark's brain. That shark is going to die of encephalitis in about a week. Okay. (laughs) They're fine. They do not need to worry about this. They have already killed the shark. It's just going to take a little while. (laughs) So since we're in Donna's science corner, I did have a, a, a science question for you. Can parrots eat whipped cream? It's not ideal okay (laughs) i mean it's not what i would recommend you feed your parrots but yes parrots are physically capable of eating whipped cream i didn't know if it was something like with their digestive system and since we're in donna science corner you know no parrots have no ability to digest milk to the best of my knowledge okay and uh so that that bird's gonna have some pretty epic diarrhea in eh, a few hours it did not sadly no, it didn't. Which, since there were no dogs in this movie, there was just a bird um, that did that did earn a damn it, Kenzie. Okay, so that's what I thought it was. Uh, uh, listeners, I got a text message from Donna that just said, damn it, Kenzie. And I'm sitting here now that we've already discussed this. I'm like, why am I getting a damn it, Kenzie from the woman that suggested this movie? Who knew? What? <laughs> but now that I know you hadn't seen it, <laughs> it, it made sense. <laughs> I I do want to go on record as having no memory of having suggested this movie. I'm not denying that it happened. Just that I, when, when last night, when Adrian was ready to fall on her sword over this, I I was going to let her because I didn't remember. I honestly thought that this was my fault because I, I do kind of remember making a joke about doing shark week, which by the way, the next time I make a joke about, we should do a shark week. The shark week we're going to do is ginger snaps too. And Carrie and pitch black. I'm done with shark movies. Oh, pitch. Sorry. I'm sorry. Memory warehouse with pitch black there. Okay. Uh, So I do like this movie. I will say this. It tries really hard. It tries so hard. To do a lot of subtle nods to Jaws, like the license plate at the beginning of the film in the shark's mouth. That's the Uh license plate from Jaws that they pull out. They also made the shark one foot bigger than the Jaws shark. Nice. Uh, of course they did. Hey, I do want to say, and I don't, I, I'm not going to give the, the, I'm sorry, Kenzie, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I want to say this before I forget. I want to give one credit for one moment of, of really good horror in this movie, which I'm actually going to give credit to Stellan Skarsgård rather than this movie for, but the whole sequence of him being loaded up into the helicopter and then the, the winch getting jammed and then the stretcher falling into the water and then the helicopter crashing and then Stellan Skarsgård's face while a shark throws him into a glass window. That was pretty good. But again, I'm going to give Stellan Skarsgård credit for it. 
Well, more than the movie. I was kind of giggling when the shark threw him, so I didn't get really pay attention to his face. Now I will like up until that point, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's there was there was tension there, but yeah, when the shark tosses him <laughs> into the glass, I started cracking up. He had this expression that was both terrified and sorrowful. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My body is going to do this to you. I'm really sorry. Um, and, oh, God, I'm scared. It was It was a good expression. It was okay. good acting through a mask. We talked about last week acting yeah. through, a, through a mask. It was good acting through a mask. Um, no, what I was going to say, though, back to the Jaws thing, that I they all three of the sharks' deaths mirror the Jaws' deaths in one, two, and three. Like, they blow up the first shark, Jaws 1, electrocute the second shark, that's Jaws 2, and then blow up the third shark, which is Jaws 3D. Okay. Well, speaking of 3D, was this movie in 3D? That- I don't think it was. I think it was just a lot of CGI. There were moments where I was like, why, is, why does this shot exist? This is like a 3D movie shot. Yeah, this was right before the 3D boom. Okay. Yeah, so there, it's not in 3D, at least. That's true. I don't recall having ever seen a zip drive in 3D before, so. That zip drive was huge. Oh, my gosh. That's what they looked like. When it came on screen, I literally, like, had a moment where I was like, is that, holy shit, that's a zip drive. We used to do zip drives. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, how old is this movie? Because I legitimately did not remember. I thought it was much more recent than 1999. Which I guess is how I know I'm getting old because that doesn't feel that long ago anymore. No, but I was also thinking about 99 also being kind of, especially that summer of 99 on just hot garbage CGI between this one and and The Haunting. Yeah, Yeah, no, like this was a bad time for horror movies. I think the only like good things to come out of it were Matthew Lillard. Yeah, I'll, we we got Scream and Thirteen Ghosts and everything else was shit. Yeah, I'll give you Matthew Lillard. I I do like though, but it's not it's not ninety nine. It is two thousand two thousand one. I do like uh, uh, Haunting the Hill House. Like it knows what it is and it's over the top. It's Gonzo and you know it's fun. I have fun with it. I I know it's not good. Everybody's at an eleven, which I'm okay with. See, I prefer I prefer Thirteen Ghosts. I feel like Thirteen Ghosts and The Haunting of Hill House are both really similar. And if I have to choose, um, I feel like Matthew Willard is just much more aware of what fucking movie he's in than right. anybody in The Haunting of Hill House. I'll give you that. I think uh, I mean they're both done by Dark Castle, and I think uh, they are very similar. I yeah yeah. Well, and they're both like they haven't yet perfected with Hill House. Uh, or House on Haunted Hill. Fuck. I mean, House on Haunted Hill. His fucking movie, like, all that whole, va- the House on Haunted Hill, The Haunting of Hill House, uh, yeah. Hell House, all of those movies can fuck off with their titles. Yeah. The ha- the the House on Haunted Hill. That's the one I'm talking about here. Sorry, gang. Uh, but yeah. I have the one with, it's the one with the cameras where everybody's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, I remember it, but it's not when I, like, I go back to 13 Ghosts, like. Um, so. So Stellan Skarsgård gets his arm bit off by a super intelligent shark. Um, you mean his ever-changing arm? Yeah, his ever-changing arm, uh, because that's the thing that happens when you get your arm bit off. And by the way, a thing that happens when you get your arm bit off is you hemorrhage, okay? You hemorrhage when you get your arm bit off. So five, ten minutes later, when not that kind of Dr. Skinny Girl goes, oh my God, he's hemorrhaging. I'm like, damn, girl. 
Yes, he is hemorrhaging from the arm that was bitten off by a shark. That is a thing that typically happens when you get your arm bit off by a shark. No, no, Donna, you don't seem to understand, Doctor, that you just randomly start hemorrhaging from the arm for no apparent reason. And then the the sharks, they can smell the blood. So you put some oil on it. You just rub (laughs) some oil on your hemorrhage. (laughs) And then you you go on with your day and you're fine. I don't understand why they didn't teach this to you in your medical school. You should probably complain about that. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, you did. You you completely left out the oil part. Mm-hmm. You told me this bullshit about tourniquets and stopping the bleeding, but you didn't even mention the oil. Yeah, I want my money back. Yeah, Donna, I started giggling when they started putting the tourniquet on him because I just thought of you, and I was like, Donna's going to just lose her shit about this, man. No, that was actually an entirely appropriate use of a tourniquet. Oh, that was? Okay. Yeah, that was appropriate use of a tourniquet. Wow. That's what's going on in the Deep Blue Sea movie poster, Donna, for you. (laughs) Dr. Donna, appropriate use of the tourniquet. Wait, wait, hang on. I just because in case this is all jumbled in my mind, you're talking about a tourniquet on Dr. Skarsgård's arm, right? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Totally, totally appropriate use of a tourniquet. Stop that bleeding. Stop that. And there's there's no there's no arm to save there. So just tourniquet. Tourniquet. Okay. All right. So I understand they were they're under the water and all that, but was anybody dry? ever like especially thomas jane like every time you see him he is some form of wet in this it's just the personification of how they were hoping he was making all of the men liking people in the audience okay i mean it's... i mean they have this whole conversation about put on a wetsuit so you don't get hypothermia and he's still there with his guns out was yeah. there ever a shot that his biceps weren't in i think his biceps were in every shot and and listen I appreciate a good set of biceps. I mean, I'm not mad at my observations. I'm, I, I need to clarify this. I'm not mad at this observation. I'm not mad at, at, the, at it always being the gun show with him. But if I'm like going, damn, you know, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I am mad. <laughs> I am so mad. Because the two main leads in this movie were both very pretty, very troubled people. And I still did not fucking care. And that is a fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm they still so kept, mad they still kept acting like there was this burgeoning romance between Thomas James Biceps and Dr. Skinny Girl and listen I'm not body shaming I guess maybe I am maybe I am I don't know I don't mean to be I'm sorry her name um, is Susan okay she'll be Susan from now on I apologize yeah there was this burgeoning romance between the two of them and um yeah, I never bought it, not for a second, especially after the reveal that it was all her fault. It was 100% totally her fault. Like, he's still supposed to be into her? I'm like, no, nah, man, no. Nah. I was, again, legitimately angry at the fact that they were, that the movie was shipping these two after she got shitty with him mm-hmm. and was like, we'll be out on the street, a guy like you with your background. And I'm uh-huh. like, what the fuck, bitch? Yep, yep. Yeah, she never was not shitty to him until it was like, oh, you helped us. Awesome, thanks. But every other time it was like, yeah, she's garbage. Like, she was yeah. a garbage person and there is no amount of like, oh, my mom had Alzheimer's. That makes any of her actions okay. 
Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Fuck her. Yep. Apparently, because I don't know, I hate myself. So whenever I hated this movie, I went and I looked up more things. In the original ending, she lived. She killed the the dragon. The shark, not a dragon. The Velociraptor. A dragon would have been a cooler movie. I would have had I would have been less angry about the science if this were a dragon movie. <laughs> it's it's true. You could go do dragon sea and color. I don't know. Yeah. No. Do dragons know the difference between red wine and blood? Maybe they know. fucking like it. It's a dragon. I don't know. Dragons are just bougie, man. So yeah, they they, yeah. Like, <laughs> they, they like blood and red wine. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like what was I saying? In the in the original version, she lived. She she originally lived, and the test audience literally booed. So mm-hmm. they went back and did a few resh- reshoots and digitally edited her out of the ending shots that she was in. Yeah, no, she needed to die. It was important that she die. She needed to die five minutes into the fucking movie. I agree. She needed to not make it to the point where she was standing on a fucking wet table taking off her fucking wet wetsuit and standing on it as if that was going to save her from the electricity somehow you haven't given a fuck about science prior to this moment movie why do you only care like air quotes care about science when it means a woman has to get naked but everything is fucking wet and she would still fucking die you piece of shit movie i am so mad at least put her in pretty underwear i mean you you, you've already lost the credibility you've you've put her in her underwear so she's standing there wet and with her white underwear not see-through okay not see it's fucking dry it's fucking dry listen i don't care what it's made of white underwear is see-through when it's wet um i had a white swimsuit once a fucking swimsuit and that shit was see-through that seems like um oh it was bad it was terrible and the moment I realized it, I was like, well, I guess I'm not wearing this ever. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was ridiculous. It was it was absolutely. And by the way, she was in the wetsuit. OK, if the wetsuit was going to protect her from the electricity, she was in it. <laughs> no, this whole scene is fucking ridiculous. I hate it. Ugh, I hate it. As soon as she started taking it off, I was like, what is she doing? Why is the movie going here? There's no reason mm-hmm. for this. And then she stood on it and I'm like, okay, so I legitimately don't know what a fucking wetsuit is made of. Neoprene. But I know it's fucking wet. I don't need to know anything more than it's fucking wet. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a totally different thing I want to talk about. Okay. So we've got an 8,000 pound Mako, right? And, and the only explanation I could come up with for why we took a killing machine and made it smart was so that its brain would be big enough to produce enough of this protein, right? Right. Okay, here's, here's a thought. I don't know if you're familiar with dogfish. They're about 18 inches long. They are sharks. They're like 18 inches long. They're like a pound. I, I don't think it would be possible for a dogfish to kill a person. Use... 8,000 dogfish, okay? I, 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 I think that they chose sharks because there was a theory going around for a while that sharks couldn't get cancer. Yeah. Um, 
And we'll because, even talk about that in the movie that sharks mm-hmm. can't get cancer. Yeah, uh, that's not true, by the way. Like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make uh, a huge statement here that might offend a lot of people. I think we need to stop making shark movies. They give out bad information, dangerous information, and shark movies have led to the just wholesale slaughter of sharks more than once. I think this is a bad, dangerous genre to exist. It's not like fucking dragons or dinosaurs. Like These are real animals that are part of ecosystems that just get fucking murdered after these movies come out and a whole bunch of just bad information. Um, I don't think any of the shark facts they gave in this movie are even remotely true. Um, And this is just from like my cursory, I've been to the fucking aquarium and I read the plaques, like (laughs) knowledge of sharks. But I, so I'm thinking that they chose sharks specifically because there was a whole new agey fucking alternative medicine thing going around for a while about how sharks couldn't get cancer. And so they are already like in the medical sphere in case it wasn't clear that's not true sharks can get cancer sharks can get cancer cartilage cancer is the fucking thing yeah um but uh so i I think that that's why they picked because i don't think anybody knows what a fucking dogfish is except catfish (laughs) dogfish aren't sexy donna it's all about the sexy sharks. That's why it's a makeup. Okay, well, here's, here's another option. The whale shark. Okay, the whale shark is monstrous huge. Monstrous. And it's a filter feeder. Okay? So it doesn't, it doesn't even have teeth. Oh, no. With a genetic ma- manipulation, the whale shark would have teeth, Donna. They would be <laughs> big, pointy teeth. It would get teeth. It's part of the testing. Yeah. I mean, you saw all the teeth in in the Mako. Like, they were just like, ah, we'll just CGI some teeth there, there. Ooh, that one, let's make that guy and, look scary. And, and why why did they pick teeth? Uh, why did they pick sharks with snaggletooth disease? Because sharks actually have reasonable teeth. I mean, they have a lot of them. But but these were, these had some sort of weird mutant snaggly teeth. And I don't know, I don't know what was up with that. It was all part of the genetic mutation. Okay. It might have been. They did mention that these sharks were bigger as a result of the testing. Mm. I mean, it's it's not sound, but it's, you know, it's what we got. I went and looked up just to make absolutely sure that I hadn't just been recorded saying something wrong. And uh, there is a documented case of a tumor on the lower jaw of a great white shark uh, in South Australia. Um and scientists have known for more than 150 years that sharks get cancer. Okay. It's cool how alternative medicine was telling us like 10 years ago that they couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, alternative medicine tells us a lot of shit that should be ignored. Um, so why does nobody worry about LL Cool J? You've got LL Cool J wandering around on his own by himself and through the entire movie, right up until the time they actually ran into him, there was one mention of maybe the banging noises preacher. I have a theory why no one worries about him. I do too, but I don't want to say it. Me neither. So Because you... they're racist? That that was it. Yeah, well well that's that, a, that's that was... that, that's a, that's the nicer way to say it. So yes, I I like that one, Adrian. Um, but side note though, LL Cool J is, is a very built man and that hole that he cut in the oven, I don't think 
his his full person would fit through that. That was no, absolutely not. There's you know. nothing in that scene that is reasonable or good. Oh no, no, the whole he's, scene is Gonzo. I'm not. He's he's in a fucking oven. This full grown fucking adult man is in an oven. Okay, whatever. It's an industrial oven. Sure, fine. Fuck it. The fucking shark turns the oven on. And then inside of this fucking metal oven, LL Cool J has an axe, I guess. Okay. And starts taking this metal headed axe to hit the metal oven while the fucking gas is on to cut a hole. And everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. He gets through. He swims across the fucking room and he takes out he takes the Zippo from his pocket. The lighter was in his pocket that was in the fucking water. And then he lights it because I guess God is on his fucking side. Oh, and then sure. he catches the shark on fire and he leaves and that shark is dead now. Yeah, that, that is an accurate summation of that scene. Yes. No. What the fuck? <laughs> That's Adrian's tagline on this poster is what the fuck? Yeah, it's like bigger, faster, meaner. No, just what the fuck? <laughs> Can we talk about Samuel Jackson's uh, epic speech? Yes, let's. <laughs> let's. This was the big reveal, the big moment of his character that had been building so carefully and subtly. So subtle. So subtle. We had been building towards this moment. I hate this movie. <laughs> Yes, tell us about it, Kenzie. He is he is laying out a plan for everybody. He is he is wanting everyone to feel good about themselves. He's calmed Michael Rappaport down. Uh, he you know, this is how they're gonna get out, this is how they're gonna survive, they're gonna escape, it's gonna be okay. And then Big Shark comes and chomps him. I would say kind of jumps up there and chomps him and then comes yeah. back down. Um, not going to lie. I crack the fuck up, but this movie <laughs> makes me crack the fuck up anyway. And yeah. And I knew that scene was coming. I'm like, Oh, we're almost there. Oh, it's, Oh, here we are. Oh, here it is. I actually, I knew from spoilers that Samuel L. Jackson died abruptly. And every time he was near a window <laughs> or water, I was waiting for it. I actually didn't know. I don't know how I'd managed to not know for 20 years, but I didn't know. Probably because, like, I cared so fucking little about the existence of this movie prior to last night that I just never, like, any information I might have had about this movie just slid right the fuck out of my brain. Um, so it's possible that I knew at some point. But I, rem like, I, I remember typing that I wrote down, I do not want this ice monologue. And then my very next note is, you know what? Good for her. <laughs> I At that moment, I was like, oh, you know what? I think I'm on the side of the sharks in this movie. And that's okay. Especially when we get to the, the sharks just want to be free. The sharks just want the deep blue sea. What does an 8,000 pound mako think of? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not having needles shoved into their brains. That's what an 8,000 pound mako thinks of. After you've been shoving fucking needles into their brains and then putting them back down into salt water, you pieces of shit. Ugh. 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 I agree. Uh, 
I am convinced with this film that uh, if we see Michael Rappaport with facial hair like a goatee, that that's good Michael Rappaport because normally he plays awful people, but he has no facial hair. So I think I was convinced for about the first 15 minutes that that was Jason Siegel. Okay. He's really channeling Jason. He's like doing his best Jason Siegel impression. Yeah. And then this and then week, I, I know who actors are. I know, <laughs> I know who Jason Siegel is. Um, I did want to say something about the genetic manipulation of the sharks, mm-hmm. which is that, like I said earlier, I can buy, I, I'm, I'm willing to accept that you have made the sharks smarter by making their brains bigger. I get that. I'm on board with that. I'm willing to accept pack hunting. Yes. I am even willing to accept they took out the cameras. It's a stretch of how the shark is going to understand the relationship between the camera and what the humans are doing, but I'm going to give them that. Okay. What I cannot accept is that any amount of genetic manipulation gave the sharks knowledge of the architecture and engineering stats of that facility. Because that was the theory, was that the sharks were hurting them through the facility so that it would flood and then therefore sink. Well, Donna, all the times that they were getting operated on, they really weren't awake. They They were taking notes? They were taking notes. They were memorizing the floor plan that was probably off to the side and that they, you know, they had done their test on the the fence. Mm. And then one day, Michael Rappaport just decided to talk about the stress tolerance of the facility while a shark was out. And they were like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense to me. I mean, you know, shark. shark. (laughs) He, I mean, he talked a lot anyway. And I mean, it's, 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 it's with this, in this universe, Donna, it's, it's possible. (laughs) This is a fantastical shark universe. So you know what? Anything is possible. No. Okay. Okay. So what do you think would have happened if um, Biceps Man had managed to kill that shark before Susan put it back in the water? Well, they would have just set out the hurricane and drank and just been like, man, that was a close call. There was a third shark, though. Maybe the third shark would have tried to have wreaked vengeance. There, at that point, there were two other sharks. There were still two other sharks. Oh, there were? Yeah. So I think that maybe it would have just been two sharks instead of the three sharks because now they needed vengeance for their fallen brethren. Mm, Okay. Mm. All right. That makes sense. And it wasn't about escaping. It was making them suffer. Yeah. (laughs) It, It would have been a vengeance deal. Okay. Okay. They fucked with the wrong shark family that was genetically mutated by man. I want to go back to Stellan Skarsgård for a little bit. All right. First off, he just kind of put his arm in that shark's mouth, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> like, like I don't know. I've, I'm a klutz, so, like, falling is a thing I do. And I've never fallen in any way that made me do, be like, oh, there's a mouth. Let me put my arm in there. Like, I don't know, man. That I feel like with as much money as they had, they could have taken another take of that. Yeah. We, you know what would have worked is if he had reached his hand out as if to pet the shark. That would have worked. Mm-hmm. What was supposed to be going on, and it, it that didn't work, what was supposed to be going on was as he got up, I mean, you, there's, there's this whole shifting balance thing when you move. So as he was getting up, he, he put his hands out to uh, counterbalance the movement, but it did not look natural. It didn't work. And, but... If they, had just the him, if they had just had him reach out to pet the shark, 
Yeah. Yeah. Basically like, yeah, thanks for giving us your brain protein. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, on the paying sharks, don't they have weird scale things happening? Like, uh, pretty boy, Carter, is petting the shark in like a circle, but you can't do that, right? Like, you this can't. skin is kind of like a cat's tongue. So no, you wouldn't be able to pet it in a circle. You'd be able to pet it in one direction. You'd want to be careful, like petting a hedgehog. Actually, yeah, they okay. That's, they that's have... what I thought. Like, you would bleed if you were. Well, that's I don't what I've heard. But I don't, I don't know if you'd wear. I don't know if you'd bleed, but it wouldn't be comfortable. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's beside the point. So that scene, and I know we already talked about it, but I'm going back to it, where he's in the water and the shark is throwing him at the the window. Like we talked about this a little bit last time. Like the ocean fucking scares me, and one of the things that scares me about the ocean is things coming out of it because like things in in the real world, the only things that move in like 3D space from above you are birds and they're little like i'm a fucking human being i'm not a particularly large human being but i'm still a human being i'm of a size that i don't need to worry about being swept up by a bird but the ocean i am food and i don't like that this scene should have been really scary and i don't know why it wasn't and i just kept thinking why are they still standing there Mm-hmm. Like, I understand why his wife is still standing there because she's his wife and she's terrified. But everybody else should be grabbing her and fucking running the moment that first fucking crack happens. The moment they realize right. a person is being hurled out the window and they can't get their operator on the fucking radio. You, you run up to go see why you can't get your operator on the radio because the person you just sent to get help is being thrown at your underwater window. Before there's even a fucking crack in that glass, somebody should be like, huh, we have a problem, guys. But nobody does. They wait for it to fucking break. It should not have been Samuel L. Jackson saying we need to move. It should have been Michael Rappaport who can rattle off the engineering stats of that facility. He should have been the one to go, oh, we need to go. Yes, because because otherwise, like, (laughs) it's so dumb. That scene is too dumb to be scary to me. <laughs> like I didn't even have a chance to stop being like, why did he put his arm in that shark's mouth before I'm like, what are you all doing? I am out of notes. I am out of notes as well. So uh Adrian, do you have anything? Oh I do. Um who ordered the fish? <laughs> fuck fuck that line. I have never been so angry at a line of dialogue in a movie. Holy shit. Everybody needs to apologize to me for that line. So many people went into the making of that line. Uh, um, let's see. I want to talk about the amount of blood that happened on Jan's death when the shark was just holding her by the crotch. That was a distressing amount of blood in that water to be coming from her fucking crotch for no good reason for her to still be as alert and alive as she was. And to be like, why? Why why did any of that happen? I think why that's, did any of this two hours happen? I think that's this movie. Why did any of this happen? Why did this have to why did someone give money to somebody else for this to happen? Yeah. So much money. And I just am so mad. 
because there are legitimate artists in the world and this movie exists. 82 million fucking dollars and they give me lines like, who, who ordered the fish? Think of the good that could have been done in the world for 82 million dollars. Uh, and instead they did this. They, they hurt me. They took $82 million to cause me pain. Let's see. I think that might actually be about... Oh, okay. I have one more thing. There was so much God in this shark movie. I have never... like. I came in to watch a shark movie, and what I got was needles and God. And that's so, weird. I had a thought as, as this was going on. Um, I actually... My grandfather used to recite the Lord's Prayer all the time. So I actually get a kind of a warm fuzzy when I hear the Lord's Prayer. Um, and I've, I've heard it recited so many times. And I've never before heard the version that had the word motherfucker in it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm there with my warm fuzzy, remembering my grandfather, who I loved very much. My grandfather was wonderful. And all of a sudden, I'm like, what? You were taken out of the warm fuzzy, weren't you? I was taken out of the warm fuzzy by... Motherfucker. I'm pretty sure that is not in the Lord's Prayer. I do have one more thing to add. I sort of want to give a shout out for two things in this movie. One, they did not kill the snarky black guy, and that's neat. However, I do not appreciate the multiple fake outs on killing him. That... It was just upsetting and made me not like the movie because I'm like, oh, you did the trope. And then it's like, ha, 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 we didn't do the trope. And I'm like, that's worse, though. Like, as a horror movie, you must understand why this is worse, that you have continually told me that this character is dead and then he's not. Fuck you. Um, but the other thing is, I actually, like, the, the moments of reprieve in this fucking shit show is him with the camera being like, what is my legacy? And in tears, and then smiling and saying, the perfect omelet. <laughs> yeah. And bullshit on the two egg thing. It's three eggs. It's got to be three eggs or it won't fill the skillet. I mean, I wish that they'd let him keep talking about that. I would have much preferred to watch the entire like preacher cooking show than this. But here we are. Uh, I yield my time. Fuck you. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you know, you were talking about the tropes. This was the 1999 equivalent of being woke. Oh, is that Fuck what it, it was? was? This was terrible. 1999 could have done so much better. All right. Do we have anything else? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so many bromances. So many bromances. I mean, I mean, Thomas Jane's character went from you're my you're my guy to all right, you're my guy. Oh, she just ate him. Okay. You, you are my guy. <laughs> oh, damn it, she ate him too. You, what's your name again? You're the cook. Yeah, you, you are my guy. Nobody even knew his name. No. Also, can we just talk like why did the uh never mind. <laughs> Come on, Adrian. This is gold. Come on. This is this is gold. Why did the bird have to die? It was hilarious that he like had a flying like a sky pet in the ocean. That was great. There was no reason to kill that bird. They could have just not done that. Mm -hmm. Like he can still want to kill the shark without his bird dying. Imagine the closing shot 
as this green and red feathered creature suddenly bursts out of the burning facility and flies away to freedom. Right? Wouldn't that have been great? Or like every every time that he did something cool, he just has the fucking bird on his shoulder. It just lands there. And goes, fat butt. Fat, yeah, exactly. Like, why? Why Why did the bird have to die? It didn't. This was stupid. We already know the shark is a threat. The thing is, ugh, okay, yeah. So I do have something else. Um, you kill the pet to show that there's an impending threat. But at this point, the sharks have already fucking killed people. We don't need to kill the pet to show there's an impending threat because we know it's not an impending threat. It is now just a threat. This is a bad trope used poorly. Okay. All right. (laughs) Fun fact, though, they used two birds because they couldn't afford a Hollywood bird, a Hollywood trained bird. Oh, God. That would have been able to do all of the things they needed the bird to do. So there's two birds. There's one bird that sits on his shoulder that's good at sitting on shoulders, and another bird that's good at flying. I think you just answered the question on why the sh- bird had to get eaten. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> the directors were like, fuck this bird. I don't want to deal with this bird anymore. I mean, it. they used so much CG. They could have just CG'd the bird. That would have been True. fine. Like, the CG was already apparent mm-hmm. at that point. The CG was already apparent at that point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Adrian, you have our quote. Deepest, bluest. My hat is like a shark's fin. Now, you might not recognize that quote because it wasn't actually in the movie. It was in the rap song that they did for the closing credits specifically for this movie. And I just want to take you, take everybody back to a time when we wrote songs specifically for the closing credits of movies. Um... I also would like to draw your attention to the line from that song, Your Life Jacket's On, It Turns Me On. And if you haven't seen the fucking music video that they made for this song that they wrote for the closing credits, I highly suggest you go do that because LL Cool J, Animorph style, turns into a shark. Also, there's lots of synchronized swimming in a way that makes it want to be badass. Lots of girls opening their legs to reveal LL Cool J while their heads are underwater. And he's wearing an outfit with these suspenders that literally just frame his nipples in little circles. So um, welcome to 1999, everybody. This is the hell that we lived through. Billy, can, can you give us a link to that music video in the show notes? Pretty please. I think that needs to happen. All right. I have a rule, which is don't genetically manipulate sharks slash animals. Just don't. It's don't. never good. Yeah. Jurassic Park, this, nobody something wins. else I'm certain. Oh, man's best friend, super bad. Yeah, nobody wins. Not even the animal, because it always fucking dies at the end. Oh, and yeah. you don't get any useful fucking information, except don't fucking do that again. Yeah, it's a bad, it's a bad call. I have our poll, which is how long would you have survived this movie? Uh, I will go because I think that uh, the point that they were there having to monkey bar climb across what was a ladder, that would have been it. I would have died because I'd have no upper body strength. Now, some will say, (laughs) now, Billy pointed out, he goes, yes, since you have no upper body strength, you wouldn't have even made it up the ladder, which he's not wrong. So, yeah, basically that whole area be it i like to think i'm a little bit further along but truthfully 
going up that ladder. Yeah, I'd be like, nope, come and eat me, sharks. Based on the um, rules established in the movie, I think I would have survived to the end because I know some shit. Okay. And and so just based on the rules established in the movie, I think I would have lived. I don't know, Donna, because um, only like only the very troubled villain character who knew stuff lived to the end. And the problem is, is I think that you would have been too nice, like Jan. You would have been likable. Mm, and you might so be right. we oh, get, Jan did like, no all, stuff. Yeah, all of the likable doctors are dead. Mm, you might be right. They didn't even make been, it out of the fucking science room. I might have been too likable to survive. Okay. And blonde. All the blonde people died, except for Carter. Arms are my motion for Carter. I mean, <laughs> of course they are. What else would they be? Uh, I would have survived the entire movie because I would not have been in this fucking movie. <laughs> because if somebody offered me a job on a, a water station, what are these things called? Water station. It's not a space station. What an ocean station? What is it? I forget. That's why I started calling it the facility. <laughs> but the fact that it's on water is important here. Anyway, if somebody offered me a, a job on an ocean station, I would just say no. Like, but Connor, sharks. Hard no. This isn't an, like, I'm not enticed. I've seen Jaws. No, thank you. But you get to work with the pretty guy who never covers his arms. Not my type. You get to work with the pretty girl who is mean to everybody. You know what? Closer to my type. That's cool. But she needs to be wearing 100% more combat boots and black eyeliner. Good point. Good point. I, I like my mean girls to, to look like they were a riot girl in the 90s. Is this why you like me? Because I wear combat boots sometimes? Uh, n- n- no. All right, <laughs> <laughs> Adrian, I just like that. N- no. no? <laughs> <laughs> Are you implying that when I met you and you were dressed really cool in awesome boots, I made a snap decision that I was going to be your friend forever? <laughs> Also, you had on purple eyeliner. Yeah, I do like my purple eyeliner. Not that I remember the first time I met you and exactly what you were wearing. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you. I mean, awesome. I love you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Tell us where they can find us, Kinsey. Sure thing. Uh, we are on all the social medias. You can find us on Twitter at Beyond Cabin. We're on Instagram, which is Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. We have a Facebook page, which is Beyond the Cabin in the Woods as well. And of course, our website is Beyond the Cabin in the Woods.com. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter uh, as Calista77. Donna, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram uh, at Donna underscore Leahy. That's L-E-A-H-E-Y. I'm on Twitter, but I'm kind of debating about changing my username, and I haven't figured out what to change it to. So if you go look for at Sooner DVM, you will find a completely blank account that will tell you what my name is on any particular moment until I find one that I'm happy with. I might just go back to Sooner DVM. I don't know. Adrian? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Junkyard Poet. Um, I'm going to take this moment to tell you guys another quick story. I went to get coffee this morning because I knew that I needed a treat after having endured this movie and I met a dog outside of Starbucks 
and I was wearing a mask. I was being very, it was all very safe, but I met this dog. And uh, first off, I think that dogs have really suffered in this pandemic because I don't think that they're getting petted as much as they used to mm-hmm. um, because this is the first strange dog I've petted since the outbreak. Uh, and I had to, I had no choice. This dog was a cartoon. He was so fluffy. He was made of a cloud and it was delightful. And he was smiling at me when I got there. And so instead of telling you my Instagram, I'm going to tell you his Instagram. Uh, <laughs> he, he's more successful than I am. He has 700 followers. Um, his name is Utah and his Instagram is Utah the Samoyed. That's U-T-A-H-T-H-E-S-A-M-O-Y-E-D. And he's just this big fluffy white dog and his Instagram is delightful with all of his adventures. I have to tell you a slightly related story the other day. A slightly related story. Um, the other day I was driving downtown Tulsa and uh, I saw this kind of nerdy looking guy um, walking the cutest little dog. It was it was fluffy. It had little short legs and this big fluffy tail that arched over his back and big fluffy ears. I mean, just a cute dog. And I rolled down my window and did I you can't call the dog. I did. I yelled, hey, your dog is adorable. And this guy turned, you know, his head whipped towards me as if, of course, somebody who yells at me has said something mean. So he he whipped his head towards me. And then there was this pause. And then he was wearing a mask. But I saw his eyes just light up and he went, hey, thanks. And <laughs> I just loved, I loved the sequence of events that you could just see happen in his brain. <laughs> That's but awesome. that dog was adorable. I, I approve of cat calling dogs. Oh, are we done? Uh, no, because uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to us. And also we are part of the Gumby Cat Network. And as always, thank you, Billy, for being our awesome editor and making us thank sound you, fantastic. Billy. Oh, should we say what we're watching next week? We are going to be watching Jennifer's Body. Which is something I can't believe we hadn't done yet. Yeah. Once again, thank you guys so much. And don't read the Latin. And for God's sakes, don't genetically manipulate sharks. It will not work out for you. Don't watch this movie either. You know what horror is. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.